Welcome guys to another session. Uh, Darcy, Loretta, Lola, thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy to have you here. Today we're going to be talking about giving and receiving healthy, supportive and, and healing. What is a healing, healthy and supportive health? I use those three words because I like them. <laughs> but I really want to have a conversation today about yeah, what's necessary to, to give and to receive help. Help in a way that feels good. Help in a way that the person can receive it. And before we get started, I would really love to hear from you. Uh, what would you like to get out of this session? What would you like to learn? What would you like to talk about? What is uh, something that you would like to, to leave this session with? Doesn't mean you're going to get it, <laughs> but if I am aware of it, I will, try to, I will try my best to make sure I include it. And I like to ask this question sometimes because it's the best way to make sure that everybody gets what they need. So is there anything that you would like to learn in this session? feel free to share in the chat if you want what are your thoughts about why people resist help yeah Becca beautiful question and I will cover that in depth that is one of the main things that I want to cover today uh, people resisting help and then thinking about why are we try, why do we try to enforce giving help? Just a question to think about. Why do we need to give help? Just a, a reflective question for you guys to think about. Um, pride. So pride, uh, Marola. I, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Marola. Uh, pride, you mean? being too pride to, to accept the help, like uh, overcoming that inability to receive help because you you have pride. Is that is that what you mean by that? Lisa, I would like to know if I am offering help in an okay way. Beautiful, Lisa. I really love your intention, trying to make sure that what you are offering is, is it's properly received. You are offering it in a way that feels good to the other person. Beautiful. Um, showing vulnerability. Yeah, so bringing vulnerability to the, to the conversation, to the communication, right? Feeling safe enough to being able to include that. Amazing. Uh, would like to feel more confident about when and how to offer help to friends when they are in need without giving unsolicited advice. Beautiful, better. Love where you're going to. So many times we give unsolicited advice. We try to fix. And that is not what the person needs at all. But we see a solution and we want to share it. And that is not what the person needs or wants from us. So beautiful reflection. And I will cover that too. 
by the way, I, I did create some notes before the session. I did a little meditation and I really thought about, I felt what I wanted to bring today to the session. Uh, but I'm really happy that you guys are sharing because it really ties with so far everything that you are sharing. Uh, I have something in there that I want to cover. So I needed this yesterday. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome, Peta. Peta, I needed this 44 years ago when I was born. <laughs> uh, great. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, is there anything else, uh, Darcy? I learned at a very young age to never ask for help. I have been trying to unlearn how to not feel like a, an idiot or feel weak when I ask for help. That's a beautiful awareness, Darcy. Thank you so much for, for being vulnerable in sharing this here. And that is a, a, a belief that you learn. I will say that many of us learn the belief of asking for help equals being weak, asking for help equals not being independent, not being strong enough. And that is not true. And I am guilty of that because I also learned that. And, and learning those things are so important. So thank you for bringing that to the space and we will talk about it. Um, but yeah, those feelings feel so real to me, Darcy, like feeling like an idiot or feeling guilty or feeling like you owe someone something because they help you and yeah it's it's really it's a really uncomfortable feeling uh, reverse of that how to get the help that's actually helpful to us rather than help that is offered but not actually all that helpful beautiful janet so becoming aware of what is it that you actually need right uh, because sometimes we need help, but we need to get clear first. It is our responsibility to get clear on what is it that we need and how do we want to receive that. Sometimes that is, that is part of our responsibility and, and, and we need to create space and check in with ourselves to be able to, to do that and to be able to communicate clearly to the person that we are seeking help from so that they understand what to do and what we need. Or to set a boundary, if someone is giving us unsolicited advice, if someone is trying to help us in a way that we don't want, being able to say no because we are clear with ourselves. So that is a beautiful reflection, and we're going to be talking about that too. Um, amazing. Lola, how to be a continued support to my sister with her OCD and other mental health issues? I am, I am a main support to her, but need to limit my help at times. Yeah, Lola, beautiful. How to set healthy boundaries so that you are not always a yes to everything because you don't have the capacity to constantly be offering help. And we all have a cap. We all have a limit. And it is our job to discover what that limit is. And it is our job to set that boundary from a place of love, from a place of respect, from a place of being supportive, but in your own way, in a way that you don't deplete yourself to the point that then you are neglecting yourself because you are helping others. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. 
So nice. Uh, what is the definition of health? Becca, beautiful question. <laughs> that is a, a great way to start. Like, what is health? What does health mean? And that's going to mean something different for each person in every independent situation. And that's why communication it is so necessary prior to receiving and offering help. Communication internally, inside of us, with ourselves, to gain clarity, to become aware of what's happening, to become aware of our needs, and then communication with externally with other people so that we can find the help that we need and want, the help that we can receive. So that can mean something different for each person in every unique situation. So that's amazing. Um, so learning how to ask for help without triggering others to a negative response. Yeah, amazing. Marcy, Emilio, I listened to your gratitude track while unpacking today. Thank you. <laughs> Marcy, you're welcome. Thank you so much for, for listening to my content. Uh, Marjorie, how to react to unsolicited advice without offending the friend giving it? Yeah, Marjorie, how can we do that from a place of love and still set the boundary? How can we find a way? And sometimes, to be honest, Marjorie, you are going to be rocking the boat. No matter how you do it, <laughs> the other person is going to feel a little bit attacked. But that is on them. Okay, it doesn't mean that you have to take it, but you can be completely honest. You can find the right words. You can find the right time. You can set the right boundary that feels good to you. And you can be completely honest with that person to say, listen, I didn't ask for this or listen, I don't need advice right now. What I need is your presence. Uh, so you can do it in so many different ways. And again, every situation is going to require different wording different expressions, different content to get your message across. But our job is to keep trying to discover what that is. And in my opinion, uh, Marjorie and all of you, in my opinion, I rather try to protect and to honor my truth and make a mistake rather than negate myself and negate what's happening. Okay, that is my opinion. Sometimes I am guilty of avoiding. I am guilty of hiding because it is uncomfortable. I am guilty of that all the time. I'm working on it. I'm doing a good job sometimes and I am hiding big time and other times. <laughs> so it's a work in progress. Okay, we are all on our journey and we are all facing situations that may be triggering facing situations that may be too much, facing situations that we have no idea how to react or what to do. So it's normal. It's normal to be to feel confused. And it's, it's normal to don't have the right approach because we are trying to learn. We are discovering. Okay? What are the words to use when we are in need? Becca, what are the words to use when we are in need? What are you in need of? And who can provide that for you? I guess, again, every specific situation is going to be unique and the wording may be different and depending who is involved is going to be different. 
So that's why mindfulness, that's why meditation, that's why checking in with yourself, bringing all these things to your practice and really sitting with it uh, can help you find new ways, can help you find the right approach, can help you find the right words. And sometimes, even if you are honest and you go with an open heart, the other person, even if you make a mistake, even if you say the wrong word, they are going to catch your intention. And you can be honest and say, listen, I don't really know how to say what I want to say. I do feel this way. I don't want to offend you. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I am feeling uncomfortable and I need to talk about this, but I don't really know how to do it. So I'm trying, I'm going to try, but maybe it doesn't work. Maybe the impact is not the intention that I have, but I'd rather try rather than keep it to myself and let it build up and then come up in passive aggressive comments, come up with me changing my mood, come up with me responding at you abruptly and then impulsively and because I'm not honoring my truth and I am not taking care of myself. So always with truth, always with uh, vulnerability and always making sure that the other person is, is willing to receive, okay? Uh, that's why it's important to seek out the right people who can attend to assist in us. Yeah, finding the right help. I'm going to talk about that too. And Okay, so I'm going to read the last one and then I'm going to go through my notes, okay? Um, most of us live a life of helping others so it's great to be able to ask others for help when we really need it yeah yeah also how to react when people spur my efforts to help won't even try the things i've gone out out of my way to thoughtfully find and bring to assist with health issues i have observed so marjorie uh, question for you did they ask for your help? Did they ask for your for your feedback? Did they ask you to do that? Or did you do it on your own terms? It was your own decision. And then you shared it with them, but you didn't have consent. Uh, just want to know. Can we speak about reci reciprocation? Um, yeah, Becca, can, we, can, we can talk about that. Okay, so it's been 15 minutes, so... This is the plan I have, okay? Because you guys are sharing beautiful things and I just wanna go through what I wanna share, the content of today's talk. I'll try to go through it pretty quickly. Uh, I just wanna lay down the foundation and the things that I think, the things I find are really important. And then uh, we can have a Q&A after once we are aware of the content. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? In other words, giving back when we have received. Yeah, Becca, I believe that when you are helping others, you don't do that with the intention of receiving back. If you do that, then it's not true help. It's not true giving. You are just doing something for yourself because you are expecting something out of it. So sometimes reciprocity is, is important, but, but if you enter with that expectation, that means that you have an agenda. That means that you want something in return. And that is, that can be helping, but, but then that means that you're going to help and then the other person has to give you something back. So you are basically doing a trade, right? Uh, 
And if that's the if that's the case, if that's what you guys agree on, that's fine. But not everybody entered doing that. Okay, so then I go through the notes here. Okay. So one one of the first things is to really understand that there are different kinds of help. Okay, and especially in the work that I do, there are different kinds of help. Sometimes there is physical help. Sometimes there is mental help. Sometimes there is emotional help. And it's very important to, to, to read the moment and to really understand and perceive and feel what's needed here. And then anytime I'm helping, anytime I am in the process of helping someone that, that they requested me to help them, we enter the container and we follow the steps that I will share after, my, my obligation is, is to try and read the moment and to try to understand what is needed here. Is this physical help? Is this mental help? Is this emotional help? What kind of help is needed? So that is the first thing. And then asking questions to make sure that, that you are understanding what is it that they need, right? When, you are, when help is needed, there is always two parties here, okay? There is always two sides. Is the one offering help or giving help and the one receiving the help, okay? So there is a giver and there is a receiver. Okay, the giver needs to, to be connected to the receiver. Okay, so this is an interaction that both, both sides need to agree on. Okay, this is not someone dumping on someone and this is not someone requesting from someone. If there is no connection, if both people don't want to do this, then there is no, there is no interaction. Okay, so it's very important that both people are connected. They are willing, they are entering this dynamic consciously, hopefully, okay? So the giver is connected, the giver is reading the moment, the giver is present, the giver is asking questions, the giver is trying to understand what the person really truly needs. And it's not about the giver, it's not about, if I'm the giver, it's not about me, it's not about what I want, it's not about what I believe, it's about what the person needs from me, okay? I need to have consent. The giver needs consent. You are not to go out and give help if the other person didn't give you their consent, if they didn't ask for it, okay? So there is responsibility from the giver side and there is also responsibility from the receiver side, okay? There is also responsibility like a, you need to become aware of what is it that you need? What kind of help do I need? How can I receive that help? Uh, what do I need to feel safe? What do I need to feel helped? What does it mean help in this specific situation that I am in now? What are the boundaries that I have or that I need? What is the specific request that I'm making? Um, and how can I receive this help the best possible way? Okay, so all these things are responsibility from the receiver hopefully the receiver is in a place where they can they can try to discover these things and if they are not there yet then maybe the interaction is all about gaining clarity about discovering these things and in my case for example when i'm helping someone majority of the times i have to stay here for a while i have to stay in this discovery in this awareness process for a while Okay, asking questions, being present, processing emotions, getting deeper, 
getting deeper, being patient. And this requires a lot of emotional intimacy. And this is another thing that is it's required from the giver and from the receiver. You have to be comfortable being present. You have to be comfortable keeping eye contact. You have to be comfortable with whatever emotions are showing up. And the giver is not about, they shouldn't make the situation about themselves. They shouldn't make the situation about trying to fix the other person, trying to give the advice that they have. Okay. They shouldn't make the situation about I'm a victim, I'm feeling attacked by you, uh, etc. When you are communicating, and this is communication, okay, sometimes it applies with receiving help, but when you are communicating, majority of the times, it's normal sometimes to feel I'm feeling attacked, this is I'm taking this personally, uh, I am seeing a solution that I want to share. So anytime you find yourself going there, you are making the interaction about you and what you want, and you are forgetting about the other person. Sometimes the other person doesn't want any of that. They just want to be seen. With my wife, many times we are maybe talking and then we go into something deeper, and sometimes we stop and we ask each other, hey, what's happening here? What do you want from me? What do you need from me right now? And sometimes if I am confused, I will ask that. If she's confused, she will ask that. Because sometimes that will make us become aware of like, I actually don't need what I want. I think I am unconsciously going down a route that maybe is not very healthy. So thank you for bringing me to the present moment and, and questioning that. Or maybe sometimes it's like, I just want you to listen to me. I don't need your advice. I don't need a solution. I just want you to see me in this specific situation. I just want to rumble what I need to express. And then the other person can say yes or no. So that's another thing. Like you make a request, but it doesn't mean that you are going to always get it. If you are the, the receiver and you want to receive from someone else, well, you need their consent too. Okay. So you cannot just go there and take from that person because maybe that person is not ready. Maybe that person is in the middle of something. Maybe that person is emotionally unstable at that moment and they don't have the capacity to hold space for you to give what you need. So it's very important to really read and ask for consent on both ways, right? Um, and this is why, and I share about this a lot, this is why there are specific communication structures that you guys can use, okay? There is the Imago dialogue, there is the non-violent communication process that you can follow. So there are specific structures that are step-by-step -step structures that we can dive deeper into if you guys want to, uh, that shares the basics of how can I have this conversation? And when there is a structure, at least in my own situation with my wife, for example, that we communicate a lot, we have to clear stuff a lot of the times, we both feel safe when we enter an Imago dialogue, for example, because we know what's happening. We know the steps we are following. We know that there is safety around that structure. We have done it so many times that we don't have to think about the steps. They just happen naturally. And then we can support each other. We can honor each other and we can get what we need from each other in a safe container, in a safe structure. Some people like the non 
verbal communication process and there are four specific steps that you can follow. We can dive deeper into that if you want to. But again, so many times it's important to understand what am I getting into? And especially if it's an emotional, if you need help, emotionally speaking, that means that you are probably a mess. That means that you probably don't know what's happening. You are in the middle of emotions that are probably very charged. You are probably needing emotional self-regulation help because you cannot do it yourself. And that's your opportunity to share with someone how you are feeling. That's your opportunity to process. That's your opportunity to be seen by someone else. That's your opportunity to then request, what do you think about what I share? What do you see from the outside if you want that? So, but it's important that there is a structure, some sort of structure that both people understand. The giver and the receiver understand what they are getting into and they understand what they are doing. And then the more you do it, the more natural you become, the more capacity you create, and then you can improvise inside that structure and then you can implement other things on top of that if you want to. But you just have to get started somewhere, okay? So I talked about the different kinds of help. I talked about the things that are kind of needed from the giver, from the receiver, and the communication interaction. There has to be consent. It has to be safe. Both people need to agree on. They have to be willing to enter this communication piece, this giving and receiving help piece. Okay. Uh, and then there are structures that you can follow if you don't know how to how to do it properly. Maybe you can try these structures of nonviolent communication or imago dialogue. And then after that, it's, it's very important to, to then, the most important piece here is to allow space for the other person and be comfortable doing that. Because many times what people need is just silence, <laughs> intentional silence to be with themselves. And many times, it's very difficult to do that alone. So when you are sitting in front of someone and that someone is looking at your eyes, that someone is sitting, breathing deeply, looking at you, completely present, and they are there for you. They don't have an agenda. They don't need to fix anything. They are listening to you. They are holding space for you. You can go places that you normally cannot go alone. You will discover things that probably you won't be able to discover alone. And sometimes there is no structure for that. Sometimes that is just silence, being present, allowing emotions to arise and being okay with it, being comfortable with it, not having the need, I have to do something. This is uncomfortable. The person is crying. The person is shaking. I have to do something to con console them. No, just let them be. Just let them be, let, let them process, let them do what they need to do. Trust that they will ask for what they need. Trust that they will request what they need if they need something from you. So, <clears throat> yeah, silence. Sometimes the silence is the most powerful tool that you have. You don't have to even speak. Just present silence. Because when you do that, you are allowing the other person to connect with their truth, to find clarity 
And from that place, from that new place, they are going to find new action steps. They are going to find new motivations. They are going to find new ideas to think about. New feelings may arise. And maybe you don't have to do anything else. And then the last thing is about the four steps of, of helping someone do something, especially if it's something new. And this applies to children, but this also applies in some certain kinds to, to adults too. And sometimes when you are learning something new and you are trying to help someone do that, step number one, you do it and they see you. Step number two, you do it together. Step number three, they do it and you see them. You support them with your presence, not helicopter presence. No, do they, no, you leave space, but you are there and you wait for them to ask for help. I didn't get that right. What do you think about this? Uh, am I doing this okay? And then you enter, but you are leaving space, but you don't abandon them. You are there for them. And then the fourth step, hopefully they do it alone and they become independent. So if you applied, I applied that method with my daughter and I apply that method, try to apply that method with people when I'm teaching something. And I try to ask them, like, how do you receive this best? Some people say, I just want a list. I've written this, I can read. Some people say, I want a video. Show me in a video. Some people say, I just want to see you do it. So asking the question, like, what do you need from me so that I can help you best? How do you receive this help in the best possible way? And then you need to know your own style. How do you receive help best? And that is your, that is your way of doing. Uh, but you need to discover that to know what, what you need. Okay. So those are the notes I have. Uh, let me read some of the comments that you guys, um, how to be a good sounding board is a useful skill to hear what the other is thinking or saying. A good require with others is also a good skill. A good rapport with others, yeah. Emilio, how to speak lovingly to the partner in this case? Let me see if I can find what case you are. Uh, sometimes my husband wants to fix things, so I have, so I have to tell him I'm not asking for help asking for advice. I just need you to listen to me. Darcy, Imago Dialogue. I recommend you guys try that. I hope he's willing. Imago Dialogue, I can dive into the steps if you guys want me to. But Imago Dialogue, Intentional Dialogue, is a beautiful structure that will allow you to be seen, to be heard by your partner. And they don't have to fix, they don't have to interrupt, they don't have to feel attacked. They're just listening and validating. It's a beautiful structure that my wife and I use, and it has transformed the way we communicate. Um, one time I was upset at so, and someone asked me if I wanted a hug. I am glad they didn't wait for me to ask for a hug because I was too upset to even think of asking for that connection. So Juliet, Sometimes um, you may like a hug, but sometimes some other people, they won't like that. Sometimes physical touch is not what they need in that moment. 
So asking for consent is always a great idea, especially when someone is upset. Always asking, you you need a hug. Uh, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Or is it okay if I get closer? Or uh, is there anything I can do for you? Asking for consent is always a good idea because you don't know how the person is going to react, especially when they are upset and emotionally charged. Some people love hugs. Some people will hate a hug in that moment. So it depends on the person. I would love to hear about those communication structures. Okay? Please explain briefly. Okay, so let's let, let's do the Imago dialogue first, okay? The structure, and then we're gonna look at the non-violent communication structure. They are very simple steps, okay? Um, so Imago dialogue has basically four steps, okay? So imagine that I'm with, with my wife and then I have I have I feel a charge. There is something that is bothering me. I will go to her and I will say, Samantha, I need a dialogue. Okay, so I will I will request a dialogue from her. And then she has the opportunity to say if she's available, when she's going to be available. And then we have the rule. The rule normally says you have to do it between 24 hours. So basically, if she's available in the moment, she, she may say, I'm available now, let's do it. If she can't, she may say, you know what, let's meet at 1 p.m. in the living room or, or let's meet at 8 p.m. when Eva goes to bed in the kitchen and then we'll do it there or let's go to our practice space. So we agree on a, on a time, okay? Once we are entered the dialogue, we sit in front of each other and then I call the dialogue, I go first and then I am the, the giver and Samantha is only repeating what I'm saying. So she's just listening. So I, I may say, Samantha, and she says, Emilio. And then we are looking at our eyes, the left eye, actually. I will say, Samantha, when you said that comment this morning, and then she will say, when when I say that comment this morning, it made me feel, it made me feel like shit. And then she will repeat my exact words. And then I will go on with whatever is happening I will go on sharing what the, the truth is, the impact of whatever she did is, and then she will repeat. And then when I'm complete, she will ask me, is there more? And if I say no, then she say, okay, it makes sense. And then she will reflect back to me. She will validate. So the first step is to listen and to repeat. The second step is to validate. She will say, it makes sense that this morning when I said that comment, it made you feel X, Y, and Z. And it makes sense that when I said that, you felt X, Y, and Z. And it makes sense that when you went to work and you found that person, that person triggered on you X, Y, and Z. And that's why you are feeling the way you are feeling now. So she will just listen, repeat, and then she will validate with, with try to use the words I use. And then she will ask me, did I get it? And I will say yes or no. And then she will say, is there more? And if I say no, she will ask me, is there anything else you need me to say or validate that I haven't? And I may say, yes, I need you to say this. Yes, I need you to validate this. Or I will feel complete. And if I say no, then it's complete. And then it will reverse. Then she can be the one talking and I will be the one listening, validating, reflecting back, and then once we are both, we have gone, then we always end with gratitude. I will start at least 90 seconds of gratitude. 
I am grateful that you did that for me. I am grateful that you set our daughter for success last night. I am grateful that you uh, thought of me the other day and left me a note. I am grateful that you cooked lunch. I am grateful that you are so beautiful. I am grateful that you choose to share your life with me. I am grateful that we work together. Whatever, you start finding things you are grateful for and you share it with her. And then she will do the same to me. Okay, so that is that is the Imago dialogue. Did you guys get the steps? So basically the steps are listening, active listening, you validate, then you reflect back, and then you offer gratitude once both people have gone. Okay? Uh, so the left eye is when we did the program where we learn how to do this consistently, uh, they always say that the left eye is connected to the heart. And maintaining eye contact sometimes is very uncomfortable, but it is necessary. Connection. When we are doing the dialogue, we don't blink out a single time. We are constantly looking at each other because we are 100% connected. We are like this all the time until we finish. And at the beginning, it was very difficult to do that. But even if you sit there and you recognize that you can do that, you are already making progress. You are already becoming aware of what's happening. Why can't I look in the eyes? Why do I need to do this? There is always a reason why. And I have helped couples do this. And it's beautiful to see the transformation that at the beginning is so difficult. It feels so uncomfortable. It feels so robotic. It's like, this is, I don't want to use a structure to, to talk to my wife. This is ridiculous. But I promise you that the structure is at the beginning. After you will flow through it, it will become second nature. You won't think about it. But the structure, it is necessary to maintain safety, to maintain order, to maintain things flowing. Uh, I really invite you to, to give it a try, an honest try, okay? So that is the Imago Dialogue. There is one extra step that you can do at the beginning if you want, and that is a, a nervous, nervous system regulation. Basically, you guys need to enter the dialogue together when you are not too charged, okay? So that extra step is if you see your partner or the person you are about to have the dialogue with very, very emotionally charged, you will check in with them. You will say, how are you feeling? On a scale zero to 10, zero being I'm completely okay, 10 is I'm completely out of my mind, where are you on the scale? And ideally, you want to be between four and six, okay? If you are less than a four, there is not really there is not really a charge that is worth sharing because it's not... If you are over a six, you are probably too emotionally altered and you won't be able to be present. So you need to emotionally self-regulate first so that you can enter the dialogue and you can have the capacity to be present. What do you do in that case? If we are too too excited, too emotionally charged, uh, I will I, I may ask Samantha, where are you at? And if she says I'm an eight, I'm a seven, okay, is there anything I can do to help you calm down? 
and she may say, can you put your hand on my heart? Or can you please breathe with me a few times? Or can I just go for a walk around the block and come back? Or whatever. Can we do the dialogue in two hours? Or can we? Can you just massage my shoulders for like 30 seconds? So we'll try to do that. And then once we are calmed down, then we enter the dialogue and we do the process. Okay? So that, that is the Imago dialogue. The non-violent communication, okay, um, it has four steps. It's observations, feelings, needs, and requests, okay? So basically, the structure looks like this. When you blah, 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 I felt blah, blah, blah. What I needed was blah, blah, blah. Would you be willing to blah, blah, blah. As you see, it's a basic four-step communication process that allows you to make observations, attach feelings to those observations, express the needs, the truth of your heart, what happened, and then make a request. It doesn't mean you're going to get it, okay? <laughs> you can make a request. You can make requests. You could take the non-violent communication four steps and you can put them inside the Imago dialogue so that you can you are adding this structure inside what you share in the Imago dialogue. You can totally do that because you can do the you can create a container, you can sit in front of each other, you can look at, at the eyes, and then you can you can say when you blah blah blah, I felt blah 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 what I needed, what I wanted, what, what I was expecting, blah, blah, blah. And what I really want, or would you be willing to, or blah, blah, blah. And then you put that inside the Imago Dialogue and the other person can validate that, reflect that to you, and then they will become aware of what's happening. Again, it doesn't mean that you're going to get what you are asking for, but at least the person is aware of it. Okay? Um, and guys, don't, don't, don't worry about the, the steps. You can find them online very easily, okay? If you put Imago Dialogue, there are books about it. Uh, Harville Hendricks brought a book with his wife. Uh, you can borrow the book from the library. You can buy the book. You can find the structure online very easily. Same with nonviolent communication. You can find the structure very easily. A quick search will find you like a PDF or something you can print. So don't get caught, caught up in the in the theory of it what's important is the practice what's important is that you start building the capacity to be able to have these conversations this communication so that giving and receiving help is something that happens more easily okay thank you so much uh, bd for sharing the steps there and then someone was was talking about um don't remember who was, but someone was talking about having too much pride, not being able to receive help, uh, giving, giving, giving to others, but then having a hard time asking for what we need. Uh, so that's another layer that has nothing to do with this communication structure, but you can bring the truth of your heart to a dialogue so that the other person can help you heal so that you can share what's happening. 
because many times with Samantha, like I, I may notice a trigger in me, a limiting belief, a childhood wound, something like that. I just can't receive help. I just feel uncomfortable when someone offers me something nice. I feel I have to give something back in exchange. Anytime I notice something, I may feel a charge in myself. And that charge, when I go home, that charge may be noticeable. So I will rather call a dialogue. And this dialogue will have nothing to do with Samantha. But I am going to be showing up with her in a completely different way because I am I am agitated I am struggling I am emotionally charged I am facing a, an obstacle uh, I am feeling strong emotion so I'd rather say Samantha I need a dialogue I need to share something and then she will say okay I can hold space for you and then we will do the dialogue and maybe it's just me sharing my own truth and it has nothing to do with her maybe it's just me saying when I went to the gym, uh, this person did this to me and I felt this way and I realized that in other areas of my life I always do this and I always give but then I have a hard time receiving and, and I don't like that and I'm feeling frustrated and blah, blah, blah. And then she will hold space for me, she will validate, repeat and then I will feel so much better. And not only that, she will learn from me. She will learn where I'm at she will learn about my childhood wounds. She will learn about the way I feel and why I show up the way I, I show up. So as you see, it's very, very healing. It can be really, really healing. Um, so Juliet, what happens if Samantha defends herself when it's her turn? So Juliet, when you enter this Imago dialogue, there are different rules that you need to agree to. Okay, the rules are, this is not about you, this is not about fixing, <laughs> this is not about giving advice, this is not about taking things personally. So you are entering the dialogue with the willingness to put yourself in the other person's shoes and see the reality from their point of view. It has nothing to do with you. Whatever they feel, whatever they see, whatever they believe about even you, it's what's true in the moment for them. It doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean you need to do anything with it. It doesn't mean that you are responsible. It doesn't mean that it is your fault. You are just being a mirror for that person. And even if they are sharing something about you, you may learn something about yourself. You may feel that that's true or that's not true. But you are there for them. It's not about you. It's about them. And then when it's your turn, it's all about you, not about them. So I hope this makes sense. When you are listening, it is not about you. It's about the other person. And when you are sharing, it's all about you. And it's nothing with the other person. And this is really, really important. Because the problem of lost communication happens when these things happen. Someone says something, you feel attacked, and then you emotionally self-regulate, you go high, you get upset, you feel like a victim, you feel attacked, that's not true, and then you enter this power struggle, and nothing good comes out of that. Samantha and I, we used to have those kind of fights. 
and then we just re realize like nothing good comes out of this we don't resolve anything we don't learn anything we don't move forward in a different way and we have been one day two days whatever not talking to each other and being upset so what's the point since we started doing these dialogues all, all, all of a sudden it's just it's just easier even if you don't agree about what the other person is saying you don't have to agree you don't have to to accept you don't have to you don't need to do anything with it you are just reflecting it is their point of view it is their reality it is their feelings it is what they are going through now it doesn't mean it's true it doesn't mean they are right they are wrong it has nothing to do with you when you create that capacity to separate yourself from that to put a, a, a shield an invisible shield and to understand that this is not about you you are going to start noticing many changes in in many interactions that you may have because you are you are going to stop reacting you are going to stop stop feeling responsible you are not going to put someone's shit in your back and carry it around you will know this is not mine this is not something that i need to do anything with uh, and that's so liberating what happens uh, okay so yes makes sense ground rules and again this comes out of practicing okay the first time you guys try to do this it's going to be a disaster most likely for me it was a disaster i was crying i couldn't keep eye contact i couldn't sit still i was very like and we were doing this in a workshop setup so we were like we were being seen by i don't know how many other couples and i was just concerned people are looking at me i need to perform i don't know how to the heck do this i should be i should know more than this so a lot of stuff comes up okay and it's a part of the process you just have to keep doing it sit on the mat keep doing it keep trying keep doing it keep showing up for yourself and for your partner and i promise you that once you understand this and you practice this then you can take this kind of structure and use it with other people too maybe not so intimately okay maybe you don't have to keep a I contact constantly maybe it's not like a ceremony uh, but you can use the non-violent communication steps with co-workers with with family members with uh, friends with you know what I mean like you can use components of this to make sure that you're communicating clearly to make sure that you are understanding what's needed make sure that you are offering the right help or you are receiving what you need and if you are not being able to communicate in a way that the other person can receive uh, and it's not like an attack okay uh, so grateful for all these tools uh, thank you so much Peta um, such a gift for both people Juliet it is such a wonderful gift so it's so wonderful that Samantha and I we are planning on actually uh, running workshops here locally in, in Waterloo with couples and offering this as a service because it's so healing and and sometimes we are trying to declutter home sometimes we are trying to help people manage their time or create self-care routines and we start working through the physical stuff and mental and then it goes majority of the times it boils down to communication 
communication with my partner, communication with the people I live with, uh, communication with myself, clear boundaries, being able to receive, being able to offer when it's needed, not imposing. So it's such a basic skill that can prevent a lot of, can transform conflicts into healing opportunities. That is how powerful this tool is. Um, so questions, guys. Do you have any questions? Anything that I didn't cover that you were hoping for? Feel free to share any questions and feel free to share any your main takeaways too if you want. What is what is the thing that you resonated the most with? What are you taking home? What is the most kind of like a, the most present idea that, that you are taking home today and you you are inspired to, to use, to take action on? Um, can the learning process for Imago Dialogue first start with sharing gratitude? Uh, Becca, the official Imago doesn't have gratitude. The official Imago, if, if you go to uh, Harville Hendricks' website or you read the book and you read the steps, they only do the four steps. It's like a listening, validating, emphasize, and that's it. The gratitude piece was added by John Wyland. We did the couples program with him and then he added the first optional step of nervous system regulation to check in and he added the gratitude because it is true when you end up with gratitude everything feels lighter you just feel you just e exit the dialogue wonderfully feeling really good depending regardless of what you shared inside it doesn't feel as heavy can you can you start the process with good i don't see why not <laughs> You could actually start with gratitude and end with gratitude if you wanted to. Uh, you can play with this. I mean, this, these are guidelines. And I invite you to become familiar with the guidelines, practice them, and then use them as you wish. Honestly, use them as you see fit because every couple is different. Every communication is different. Every person is going to receive and, and give differently. So if you discover a way that feels better for you and you are actually practicing that and it's working, just keep using that. So I don't see why not. Love, love ending with telling each other and reminding oneself of the love and appreciation for each other. Yeah, Juliet, and on another note, we do the gratitude on the dialogue, okay, at the end of every dialogue, but we also started doing a Probably a few months ago, a good friend of mine shared that he's trying his best to offer praise pretty much daily to his wife. And I thought, how wonderful, how wonderful to honor what's really good about her rather than only focusing on, on what you don't like. So pretty much every day I will take time and she will too. like, I honor your organizational skills for getting dinner ready or I honor you being okay with me taking space and going to the gym and not having a need for me to stay home. I honor that you support my hobbies and you don't make me feel guilty. Uh, I honor 
whatever i honor your uh i honor that you did the laundry and you folded my clothes today wonderful i really appreciate it uh any excuse to praise is beautiful so keep that in mind you don't have to do a dialogue to praise you can just praise the other person just because for no reason and without expecting anything in return okay in other words mirroring an appreciation such as starting with i would like to express an appreciation is now a good time yeah you, you can do that you can ask for consent uh normally for praise i don't think i don't ask for consent <laughs> i just kind of look at her and, and i just i mean if she's with headphones or, or she's doing something I, I won't interrupt her but if she's like doing something walking around or we are crossing or whatever i will just come and say hey Samantha, I really honor you for, or maybe when we sit to have lunch, or you have to read the moment, okay? Sometimes you may ask for consent. You may ask, are you are you busy? Or can I share one thing with you? And sometimes not. But yeah, you can find your way, okay? Uh, for example, for Samantha me right now, we live in a two-bedroom apartment, and sometimes we are both in the apartment pretty much the whole day and we are doing our own thing so we need to really get checking with each other about are we are we connecting now are, are we working are we on me time like what are we what's happening right and we we agree on that together because we don't want to feel weird in each other's presence so today for example we we block two hours to be together and connect and just be together and after that she had her headphones on, I had my headphones on, I, I cooked my own lunch, she went to whatever, came back, and we don't expect anything from each other, okay? And unless there is something, we will then ask for permission, but we won't interrupt each other normally, unless it's an emergency. So that's how we do it, but every couple is different. So you have to agree, and you have to have a communication piece with each other, and find the way that feels best for you too. How can I model this for someone who doesn't know the technique and wouldn't be receptive to learning it? So Marjorie, the first question will be, why is that for sure? Are you, have you requested that from an open heart clearly or are you making a, an assumption? That, that will be my first question. My second question will be, if Imago Dialogue intimidates a person or it feels to just do the non-violent the four steps just say can can i share something with you and just explain i would like to follow a specific structure that i think is going to help me express my needs better do you mind if i do that and you just say when you blah i felt blah what i needed was blah and would you be willing to blah and then if the person is not willing to receive that, then maybe they are not willing to even communicate with you. And if that is the case, then I don't know, maybe they don't want to talk to you or maybe they feel uncomfortable with their own emotions or maybe emotional intimacy is not something that they have had. Like with my father, for example, he has a really hard time just being present when we are talking about emotions. He just feels uncomfortable. He normally will like, ha silly stuff and then he will just go away and it will be pretty much impossible to have a conversation with him about feelings uh, my mom is always like ah, i can't understand why this man never shares anything 
uh, but he has a lot of depth. So with him, I know that I cannot bring this kind of stuff to him. Sometimes I try and, and he doesn't really shut me down, but he's not interested. And when someone is not interested and you are trying to force them to be, that is kind of abuse because you are forcing someone else to do something that they don't want to. So I think the decision is, well, if they don't want to communicate with me and, and I have needs and they, and they don't care about me, so then what is the truth of the situation? And what are you choosing to do? I don't know, that is your choice, right? But I am sure that if that person cares about you and, and, and truly loves you, you will find a way to, to be able to communicate with that person. Um, that's, my, that's my judgment. And I hope that that's the truth. Um, so great talk, Emilio. The Imago process sounds very helpful for validating each other. Do you have advice for couples who have trouble asking for and giving each other more concrete support when it can sometimes be triggering due to past experiences? Uh, so Jan, I would say anytime a trigger shows up, do a dialogue about it. The dialogue technique works best when you bring one thing to it. Okay? If you do a dialogue and you dump a thousand things inside, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be overwhelming. That's why when we started this couples program, there was a challenge of doing 30 days dialogue. Every day we had to do a dialogue. And it feels like, what are you talking about? But it's so easy to do a dialogue every day. There is always something that bothers you. There is always something that you can talk about. There is always a trigger that you notice. And remember, this is not only about you and your partner. This is about you too, what you notice in yourself. I notice that I procrastinate. I notice that I cannot receive help. I notice that when I went to see my mom, I felt this weird energy. I noticed that when I saw my dad, I am sad about not being able to connect emotionally with him. I noticed that when I go to my friends, I, 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 I cannot be myself 100% and I want to explore why is that. So there is so many things that you can bring to a dialogue. And if you are noticing triggers, I will really invite you to bring them to a dialogue. Bring that specific trigger. And then the nonviolent communication also can help you because, because you can take the trigger, the specific situation that triggered you, and you can, you can attach the observation to it. So the observation can be, when you said that, when I was here, when I was with this person, when this sound happened, when that tone of voice you used with me, whatever, I felt the trigger. What I need is blah, blah, blah. So would you be willing to support me by doing... So just doing this by yourself can help you bring a lot of clarity about what is it that you need. Because many times when we are uncovering these things, especially trauma, especially childhood wounds, limiting beliefs, family systems, and we are being triggered and unconsciously we are impulsively acting to the trigger and we don't really know yet why it's happening. It is not in the consciousness yet. It is unconscious. You most likely won't have any idea of what's happening. You just know the trigger and you are starting to notice that. So the work is to meditate on the trigger, to think about what happened before the trigger, 
to sit with the emotions that that trigger is causing in you. And then when you have something, then you bring that to a dialogue or you bring that to a friend or you bring that to a therapist if you go to therapy or you bring that to a circle of people if you go to a circle of people, whatever, and then you explore more. So that is how the work kind of can unfold. So yeah, I will I will say 100% use dialogues for that, but you need to gain clarity also about what's happening. And that comes from mindfulness practices, from giving those things space and attention. Um, he also is uncomfortable expressing vulnerable emotions, mostly just anger. So Marjorie, it's normal. I don't know how old he is, but majority of us men, and I include myself in here, we were not taught how to be with emotions. We were not encouraged to feel them. We were not encouraged to share them. So we have no idea what to do with them. It feels so uncomfortable and it feels super messy. So we really don't want to go there. It's very difficult to go there. Uh, but it is possible. So if he's willing to, to, to explore, if he's willing to, to try, there are many things that he can start doing to start creating that capacity, to start building that emotional intimacy. It is not impossible, but it is going to feel very uncomfortable at the beginning. Uh, it's like if you go to the gym and you have never been to the gym in 10 years and you just want to get, get in shape at the beginning, you won't be able to do much. You just have to get started slowly. It's going to be super painful, sore. You're going to be dragging yourself through through the day, feeling pain everywhere. But if you keep going, you're going to build capacity. You're going to build momentum, cardio, and then you're going to start evolving. So this is a skill set. Emotional intimacy is a skill set. Being vulnerable is a skill set. And our nervous system needs to get adjusted because we are going to feel unsafe and we are going to go to the fight, flight, freeze. And we are going to either get angry, we are going to either run away, avoid, or we are going to get frozen. And, and that's me sometimes, I'm present with Samantha, but I'm not. I'm just like this. And she's looking at me, are you listening to me? Huh? And I'm not there, I'm completely frozen. Now I can say, sorry, I'm frozen, safety. I can't take this much, <laughs> but I have to learn how to do that. And I didn't before. So he will have to want to, but never has needed to before my mother passed because she adapted and accommodated him. Yeah, so Marjorie, maybe that's your job. Maybe you can encourage him. Maybe you can push him a little bit out of his comfort zone <laughs> if he wants to, right? Oh, so the dialogue is not always about the person themselves triggering you. Juliet, it doesn't have to. Okay? It works really well for that. Okay? But it doesn't have to only be for that. Many times, as I shared, I will notice something in me, and it maybe has nothing to do with Samantha, but, but it's, it's, it's affecting me. So I'm going to go home, and she's going to ask me, what's going on? Why are you so sad or why are you so upset or why didn't you give me a kiss or why are you being so mean to Eva or why are you avoiding me or you know what I mean? So she's going to see and perceive something 
So for me, it's safer to say, I want a dialogue. There are things I need to express. And then I will get it out and then she will be able to understand me. She will be able to support me probably better. She's going to understand my reality. And maybe she shares something that is I'm evoking on her from me sharing my reality. So it can be super healing. I promise you that when you do these dialogues with full presence with each other, we always feel better. We always learn something. We always are able to heal something in us, to become aware of something new. So yeah. Um, yeah, so guys, um, if you dump a thousand things in the dialogue, <laughs> I invited my partner to listen with me and he laughed when you said this. I have a tendency to do this. Yeah, guys. So guys, girls, mostly girls. When you are in your feminine and you just dump, <laughs> we don't know what to do with it. I say we because I'm a man and I, I consider myself a man. Uh, I have a feminine body, to be honest. And sometimes Samantha is, you have been too feminine. I don't want that feminine energy. But when you are blah, 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 and, and we don't know what's happening and, and you didn't ask for permission and, and we don't know what we are getting into, it is overwhelming. And most likely we're going to run away or we are going to freeze inside. And we're going to be like, yeah, I hope she finishes soon. I don't want this. But we are not sometimes able to say, I don't want this now. So it is our job to say, I don't want this now, to create structure, to support you, but also to keep you to, what is it that you need to talk about? Don't get distracted. Let's just bring one thing uh, and then start unpacking things slowly. That's why the challenge of doing a dialogue for 30 days in a row can be really healing because you can make a list if you want and every day you have an opportunity to unpack something. And again, this is not about you accusing your partner. This is not about you making the other person wrong. This is not about you fixing the other person. This is not about you taking things personally. I'm talking about both partners here. This is you entering sacred space with the intention to be of service, with the intention to hold space, with the intention to put yourself in the other person's shoes and see the reality from their point of view. So you need to remove yourself from the equation because this is not about you. And then when you are talking, it's all about you, okay? and the other person has nothing to do with it. So I hope that that makes sense. And I hope that you guys can take some of these things into your day-to-day -day life. Um, so thank you so much for being here. I went way over time today, but I think it's a really great topic. I think that you guys are gonna be able to transform your life if you start doing any of these things. I promise you, I hope that you come to the circle. I hope that you sharing another life like what you have done and 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 how what happened and the benefits that you are seeing and the healing opportunities that are opening up um, so i hope that you share some of that in the future okay so guys if you enjoyed this session as always i would love if you can support me with a donation uh, donations help me uh, support my time and my energy and show up for you every week uh, i have news too uh, 
we just got a letter from our landlord that we need to move out <laughs> in a couple months so that is a very exciting news for us <laughs> we were secretly wanting to move a while ago but we were very comfortable here and we didn't feel like moving but now i think the universe is just giving us the kick in the butt that we needed to get the ball rolling so i am feeling fear i am feeling a little bit of anxiety excitement but i foresee a lot of dialogues with my wife in the next weeks <laughs> because of this topic and everything that's coming out out for me and for her about this so yeah so thank you so much guys for being here thank you so much for your presence and i hope to see you on thursday where we are going to be doing some self-care practices so thursday is gonna be more of a experiential class more than a, a talking class okay so i hope that you can make it and i hope to see you maybe in one of my courses if you can make it to one of my courses in the meantime and keep learning okay adios guys have a great day <laughs>